Portions of our broadcast day made possible by Internet media providers, makers of Patriot. With Patriot, every news channel in the world is at your fingertips. The Patriot. For more information, look for the link to Internet media providers on this website or app, or visit us directly at www.internetmediaproviders.com. Welcome to the Biblical Editorial Review. Here we will discuss the contrast between two worldviews, one being biblical and the other being worldly. How does a follower of Christ distinguish between the two? And now here's your host, Cleveland Rhodes. Hello and welcome to the Biblical Editorial Review and the Save Rex Television channel show, what you want to call it. <laughs> I'm sorry, this is funny. I am Cleaver Rose, your host, and I want to thank each and everyone to be part of this wonderful media experience. Yes, 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 yes. Wow. Um, how can I describe last week in a nutshell? Well, let's just say it like this. There's a lot of people have complained. Um, and a lot of people from theological seminaries to practically anywhere has complained about what I have said and you know a lot of them what not they they I told them to put a comment as a voicemail if you have an issue about what was said a lot of them did not do that which you can do it on anchor.fm which I will give the whole thing through the the media tweets and stuff like that um, you will go in and you can be able to leave a voicemail comment and be able to comment on anything I have to say. You don't have to really be anonymous. You can, and that's cool. And you can express how to do it, and we will put it on the air for any future projects or or, or part of our broadcast, etc. That said, I want to really stress on what was talking about last week and we want to talk about these worldviews in the nutshell of being exposed i have a great conversation with a great man guy a friend of mine you know gary benford you know him on um, some of the real programs we have on the biblical editorial review and we talk about a lot of things in a nutshell that is based on Christian and we talk and we're going to talk a little bit more this week of course you know as you know it's almost going to the end of the week going to Memorial Day weekend um we're going to be talking a little bit more but we talked a few days ago about certain things that a lot of Christians are doing and a lot of them are not really understanding who God really is. And you have to really come to grips on the fact that God could be telling you something about yourself that you don't want to really accept the responsibility for. And he was giving me a great synopsis about what it looks like when it comes to a Christian and their worldview. You notice I separate the two for a reason. Because I'm about to give you 
a listening pleasure at what it sounds like. And you need to understand that these are the things that is really going on in a lot of people. And you're thinking, well, Cleveland, why are you are talking this way? Because here, I will, I will go into a little bit more detail in giving you why you have to really understand here. And this here is proof why Christians need to really look at who do they really serve God or do they serve man or themselves. Now, before I get the clip, I want to give you a little background story with this. In this clip or this this uh, audio, everything else, this clip shows the pragmaticness of a person who literally don't have a clue when they are got caught up in lies from the worldview that came from the world. Okay. And when you hear her express her hatred and anger, you will see the main reason why we need to really look at this um, on different fronts about Christian and name only. This is this is the uh, my second part of you know, the worldview is being exposed. And that is Christian name only because here is a little bit more root issues that is really said now before we go any further with this because i want to really we can go um, set this up in a minute we really need to be ready for the impact about this because this got to be said and um and we got to be ready for it and once we get ready for it we should be good to go and I'll tell you, it's it's not gonna be pretty once we um give the details of it. So let's go ahead and begin with this notion. Then I'm gonna ask the questions. Then we're gonna go into the the uh these the solidification of this whole this the whole view of why this thing needs to be look into and rectify so let's go ahead and get in here let's go ahead in this video this audio clip I'm about to expose this here proves a lot that needs to be said and we need to really understand why it needs to be said and the reason behind of it so let's go ahead and go a little bit further here Yeah, that's fine. You can share your heart. Go ahead. You think that it's the wrong way to do it? I grew up in the church like yeah. since I was really little, and I think that what you're saying about one God and a loving God and going to heaven, I think that, that that's all probably true. But I bet that 99% of the people out here are getting so frustrated with you and so upset with you and so angry at God because of you. They're already angry at God. The Bible says they're haters of God. You're breaking my heart because I don't think that you're portraying the kind of God that people need and the kind of God that is real. What kind of God do people need? People need the kind of God who offers forgiveness and love and I think that you're offering judgment. Is God going to judge people? Of course he is. Oh 
whoa, 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 wait a but, second. But you're not. I'm not judging them. I'm asking it's questions. Sure, it sure seems like, can I just say something without you interrupting me? Mm -hmm. I am just, listening to this, I'm just so near tears and my heart is beating so fast yeah. because I think that you're doing the opposite of what you're wanting to do. Mm. And that's so just when, breaking my heart so because I, 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 think, I think that you and I probably believe the same thing, but what you need to do is go out into the world and live your message and people will come to Jesus. It's not about debating with them and proving them wrong and yeah. telling them that they're bad people. Do you think they are wrong? So you're breaking my heart. Can I talk now? No. Can I talk now? No. Yeah. Do you think they're wrong if they don't believe in Jesus? I do. And do you think that if they die in their sins without Jesus Christ, where do you think they'll go? I think they'll go to hell. And you don't care enough to tell them now? Of course I do. Then why don't you? I do, but I do it through my life. I do it the way that Jesus did it, not the way that you did it. Jesus By didn't ever preach. Preachers. Huh? Jesus didn't ever preach. Of course he preached, but he, he didn't. Preach? He didn't debate. You're right, because they just sat and listened because he was a rabbi. Have you ever heard the Sermon on the Mount? Of course I have. Jesus said, you've heard it said of old, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say, if you look with lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. He wasn't being friends. He wasn't living his life. He was proclaiming, you must repent. Jeremiah did it. Isaiah did it. John the Baptist did it. Jesus did it. Paul did it. Peter did it. Everybody throughout the course of history has done that because we're so concerned they're going to die tonight. Somebody from this fair might drive home tonight and die. And I don't want them to go to hell. I don't have time to be friends with everybody, but we do have time to preach to everybody. Do you preach to people and help them see their plight? I try to live just like Jesus did. I it's just not going to help them. But yes, it is. The Bible says, how will they know if nobody preaches to them? It's Romans 10. And how will somebody preach to them unless they don't get sent? My point is that you're wasting your time because 99% you know? of the and people... And it's irrelevant. Who, who is so angry with him? Okay. You know what? It doesn't matter. That's pragmatism. The question is, what are we commanded to go and do? And we are go called to go and preach the gospel and of repentance. And live it. Are you saying I don't live it? No, I'm not saying that you don't live okay, it. Okay, I I'm live it, and I'm here proclaiming it because these people need to hear the good news of salvation, but they won't hear the good news until they understand the bad news. It's like a doctor who would go out into the street and befriend people because he actually knows that they have cancer, but never tells them and hopes to one day lure them into the hospital. We want to go out and say, you've got a disease, you've got an illness. A doctor who never tells the patient he's sick is not a good doctor. How, many, how, how long have you been doing this? It's really irrelevant, and I'll tell no, you what else not. is irrelevant. How many people have been saved by it? That's what I'm wondering. It's irrelevant. No, the it's question not. is, what is right? So you would, if somebody was in a burning building, you would just befriend them. You wouldn't call out to them, get out, the house is on fire. You wouldn't do that for them? No, that's not what you're doing. What you're doing is saying, you're in a house that's burning down. Exactly. That's what you're doing. Exactly, they are. That's all you're doing. That doesn't do any good either. Have you not heard me preach the cross? Have you not heard me talk about Jesus Christ, the kind God dying I to don't save people for their I, maybe sins? Maybe I haven't been here long enough, but it doesn't seem like you've gotten that far because you're all about the judgment. You're right, because these the fellow that I was talking to is self-righteous and he thinks he's a good person. I'm trying to plead with him. You're not good. See yourself the way the law shows you that you are in your true state. The law was given to hold up to people as a mirror so that they could see themselves the way God sees them. How does God see the people who are lawbreakers? He loves them. He does, but he's also angry at them. You're right. And he demonstrated his... I don't think that. The Bible says that God's wrath abides upon humankind. That we are enemies of God in our mind through wicked works. We're, and his cup of wrath is filling up drip by drip. And on the day of judgment, he's going to pour it out and people will go to hell. Don't you want to warn them now? 
I'm just, I'm not a fire and brimstone kind of person. I'm not either. It sounds like it. Is there fire and brimstone? And you're not kind enough to tell them about it? You're not kind enough to warn them about it? See, now you're judging me. I'm asking you a question. <laughs> sort of like you were judging me a moment ago. Okay? It's just, it's just, it's just that it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart to hear this. Because this doesn't make people want to accept the gospel. This isn't, this, I don't, I just don't think You don't think this, this is, is the gospel? It doesn't make people want to accept it. And I, I just don't think that this is the way that Jesus went about it. Okay. Now, <laughs> you know, if you were to watch the video like I did, you would be like, Lord have mercy. This little girl, which is at the time, it was, it was an older video, of course, you no, know, but her worldview was being destroyed because of the gospel message. Tell you about why we, people are really going bananas when you bring in a different worldview outside of the worldview that the world has been given to them to. You know, it's really amazing to me because, you know, you sit here and you question yourself about a lot of things and you look at God and God has been questioning you about things about yourself for a very long time. And you try to get God to get your, your belief to believe him. That's really kind of like backwards. You're supposed to be, not just believe him to obey and honor and worship and praise him freely. But not to the point of being very sugarcoated. Because see what she was going through was a sugarcoated uh, a gospel. Which means yeah to walk your life and let people see it. But some people don't want. People of the world do not want to see something that is a contradiction to their worldview. So that's why the gospel is being preached. So when people come along and tell them about it. Tell them the truth about judgment, about sin. You got people like her get upset. And you got this going on in all churches all over the America and around the world. This stuff is really the gospel of today. And it's bad because this is not gospel. It is a more a encouragement and motivational message that God does not allow because it doesn't proclaim him. And it's really sad that we have to go through this because it's a lot of leanings that people really don't understand about on, on no, no, none of these occasions whatsoever. Especially when you bring the truth out. And that truth always comes into so many plays when it literally has so much to do on how you live your life according to the word God. Which Brings me to another point here, because even when you do bring in the the facts on the matter here, what is it? And that's one of the biggest things going on here is that your worldview is being questioned. I'm going to give you another example here. And this is something that a lot of people really don't understand here. When your worldview has so much to do when you get people who thinks they are believers. I'm going to give you a zip of this here because this is something that's really need to be said. And this here is another example 
why we need to really break this down into different levels because people's worldviews are so caught into a frenzy that they don't even understand the truth about it because even though when you tell the truth you give them some reason then we're gonna go into this another uh madra of you know how come people really don't believe, uh agree with you with this matter but let's still let's go ahead and have these things like i love todd on this notion because he asked questions and there's a lot of questions i'm gonna ask and a lot of people are really angry when you ask the question about the worldview on a lot of things here because sometimes some people Thomas. will you know sometimes some people's worldview is very 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 <laughs> very questionable let's just see what happens when you start asking questions to a false convert this is going this is going to be almost a part of the subway then we're going to go into the fact why people don't agree so here he is here and it's really unique because everything that he's singing is actually what people are running away from when the Bible is a mirror to their sin. So I want you to think about this for a second as we go into this a little bit further here. Promise you will run into somebody who professes to be a Christian when you visit us here below the Mason-Dixon line because almost everybody in the South has been saved at least 4.3 times. Nevertheless, we do well to explore lovingly and ask if their conversion is genuine because Jesus talked so much about true and false conversions. That is why it is not cruel, it is a kindness to gently and yet persistently ask some questions that will pull out whether or not the person who claims to be a Christian actually is. For your consideration, a number of questions you can ask. Number one, can you tell me your conversion story? Don't need the nanosecond, but what was the season that you went from darkness to light? Don't lead them too far, but be listening for, boy, I used to think like this, act like this, my behavior and my mind and my will. Ugh. Then I can't remember exactly what the date was or where I was, but I went through this season where all of a sudden everything changed. That would be a conversion story, not the second, but the season. Question number two, is Jesus Christ precious to you? Tell me about your affections. And if, without being led, they don't say Jesus is the most precious entity in the universe to me, something might be a little off and you might actually share that concern with them. Another question you could ask, how often do you read God's Word? You see, if your boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse sent you love letters and you never opened them up, I'd question your affection for that person. Ditto with God. He has sent us letters so that we can love Him more. And if we never open them, that might indicate a wee bit of a problem. Another question you can ask the person you're not exactly convinced is a Christian. Talk to me about fruit. What, what fruit do you see in keeping with repentance? Another question, gifts. Tell me about the gift that God gave to you upon conversion. Now, they might not know what that is, and you can help them explore that, but because every Christian receives a new gift when that person gets saved, 
If a person doesn't know what that gift is, maybe they didn't get one because they didn't get converted. This is not to be and all nitpicky and you better match up to my standard. But out of concern, we ask probing questions to make sure that they are not a rotten fish. Now, that is amazing. These are the questions, simple questions for people to at least understand. Simple questions. Questions that people need to hear. Not question God, but question themselves. But you got people really getting mad at God for the questions. Because you really want to know, are you really saved? And see, <coughs> excuse me, um, those things are really, really, really interesting, even to me, because, you know, I remember that time, those questions when I was in that crossroad. I remember the time when, you know, when my wife gave me up to God, literally gave me up to God. You know, one of the things that was really hit the core was see, it seemed to me in my sin, in the sinful state, in my fallen state I was in, she gave up on me. That to me angered me. I left the house, going to look for my vices, and trying to comfort my flesh. But it's really ironic that my f vices that I was trying to go to were blocked. Now, I know it's God because God was blocking the vices. Even in my own heart, it was irking the, the, the magnitude of want to seize into doing sin. I'm comfortable in it. I was into it so much. And when I was so comfortable in my sin, I was so much labastic in it. And I, I, I had to have it. It's like an addiction. And this is what a lot of people are going through, including people who claim themselves to be Christians. And you need to ask these questions about Jesus more and more. But let me tell you a little bit more of the story. You heard it before, but let me give you a little bit more into why this is very important. When I was in my sin, looking for my vices, those vices would stop completely. I was looking for the person I want to have sex with. Okay, I want to hurt itch that itch of my flesh because that was a vice. I mean, I was looking for that, 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 that person who I had a sexual relationship with and wanted to have sex with her, knock my rocks off. And I know that sounds uh, uh, bad to say, but that is true and feel better for me. Well, when I saw her and two more people, and she had a bad role, I don't know what happened. I don't know if that did have sex, but they kissed both the man and the woman. Like they actually love each other. Well, in my mind, in my sinful mind, that tells me that they must have orgy. I mean, that was going on in my, in my heart. And when I saw these things going on and on and on, the, the various things that was really, really messing me up was that, oh, my God, 
<laughs> you know, I was, and she did, it's so right. she was having sex with men and women. She was, and I mean, still, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I do care, I don't care, but I pray for her salvation. But still, it made me sick. And I was in the sin. So, to amp up another level, I was looking for some prostitutes. Literally looking for prostitutes. Just, just, just looking for them. I mean, I was like engagedly looking for them. I was already angry at my wife at the time. I was so angry that she gave up on me. That's I thought in my sinful state of mind. Then I was looking for prostitutes. Looking for them. Actually seeking them out. Like a lion. Ready to devour them. That's how the devil acts. That's how I was acting like my father the devil. At the time. Looking for that meat. To try to incure my appetite. But nothing was there. There was no prostitutes walking the streets or walking around in almost partially nighttime. Then the ultimate thing came in my mind. My this mind that was not renewed of, of the gospel. And here he is. You know what? I already did all this evil. How in the world I'm that I will be able to be repaired? Or be fixed or be loved or anything. It's time to get rid of this. This is disgusting. I am a disgusting, evil person. This is now I was at a crossroad between life or death. How I was, I was thinking about killing myself. Literally jump off a bridge over the abandoned road, jump off the bridge and land in the middle of the highway and die. I was ready to take out my own life. Because all of the things that was going on with me in my mind, in my fleshly, marred, sinful mind and, and flesh, all of these things that was going in, in me that was the, 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 the crossroad, either for life or death. You can't have a middle road, which a lot of people do nowadays want to have gray area. And God despised that. If you don't believe me, read Revelations chapter, <laughs> read Revelation chapter seven, and when G when Jesus was talking about the seven churches, and he's talking about the church that either hot or court cold, don't be lukewarm. I will spit you out. I mean, that's what he said. You can read it for yourself, you know, and you can see why he said that. But let me continue on here to show you what true conversion looks like because remember I went through a lot of false conversions to really say that I was a believer or a Christian but the truth is no I wasn't all this was running in my head I was about to go ahead and take my life out literally put it out there just throw myself out there without being saved this is where the power of a praying wife comes from. I don't know my my, uh, my wife was praying for me. Because she probably did and she prayed. But those prayers has been answered. But let's continue on with this. 
So, sitting there, I was about to get out of the truck and do it, but so I, I opened the door, and I was like, close it. I was so angry with God. And I questioned myself, who could love me like that? Who in this world or in the world could love me like that? Until the still soft voice in my heart said, I can. My Lord Jesus said, I can love you like that. That to me was the most profound, powerful thing that ever happened in my life. To really know that my father, my Lord, said I could love you like that, Cleveland. No one in this world can't love you more than I can love you. And that day, I realized I need him in my life. And I changed everything. I surrendered. I gave up all of that to him. I still have a mindset, though. That needs to be changed. It all comes in when you go in and read the gospel, the, the word of God for yourself. And God start to reveal himself to you. That's the truth. That's what happened to me. That to me is when you said, Jesus be my Lord. I will worship and honor you for the rest of my days. If I fall and everything, help me up, Lord, because I am mere human. But no excuse aside, help me to become more of what you call me to be. Then I had to get make I had to repent of those sins. I had to confess everything out. Then those things was hard because those vices was also gripping my soul. So I had to let go. And I did let go. And when I let go I I saw how much of this was evil in God's eyes. And I realized I need to do something about it. And that is to really repent and turn away from it. Don't get me wrong. You will get tempted. But that's what happened to me. Now. To really bring all this to fruition of what happened. That walk is still a walk of salvation. That is a narrow road. This here, when we just talk about what Todd just said, you know, your how precious Jesus is to you, how that you want to read the the word of God, you want to know more about your heavenly Father, how much He loves you, how much He cares about you, how much He really looks up to you and knows you more than you know yourself. That to me is a powerful statement on the mean essence of what the father god is so that's why i love him so much i make a lot even after my true conversion become a christian that i realize i need him oh man it's a really really stepping stone to, for me to really understand that father god is worth it it's worth everything so that's why I'm telling you, it is something wrong with people don't experience that experience. 
is something wrong when you don't actually say Jesus Christ come to become my Lord. Now, remember, there's a lot of people in the bio Christ that God said, God even said his word. They will say, Lord, 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 I did all these things in your name. And God will say, depart from me. I never knew you. Do you want that in your life? Do you want to go before a holy God about that? That's that's damage. That's really messed up. I really want to take my life out that day. Because I felt like I was damaged goods, that I was unrepairable. But God had to do, did something tremendously better to say, I can fix that. Not only fix it, I can make you a new man. You will be born again once you accept me as your Lord. That's the best, and the not it's not a best deal, but it's the best gift that money cannot buy and I am so prevalent to this day that we have so many people don't get that understanding that God loves you but you got so many people use the religion lingos to believe otherwise now before we go a little bit further I want to tell you why people don't really <laughs> agree with everything because think about it if they did then why they have a problem when it comes to telling the truth? And when you tell the people the truth about God, why you get angry when that truth comes out? That this is what I experience. You not only can your experience could be different from mine. That is true. But the experiences that you is that you go through, this the 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 the, the ways of life that you go through. These ways of life, it's going to be similar because everyone goes through it. If I if I if our Lord had to go through suffering and death, to be resurrected, and sit on the right hand side of the Father God. Your life could be exactly in categories of that and, and more. You got to understand something here. This is a powerful, powerful thing. Like I said, this is something that people need to embrace to. But what happens when people don't believe that? Why do people don't agree? Now, what Todd's got to say here is a lot more conscientious to people to really understand once we are done with this clip i will explain why then we could go into details of why we are bringing on um, the christian name only because it's a lot of people who are false converts who don't really have jesus as their lord and you wonder why their worldviews are so messed up but don't take my word for it let him explain a little bit Forget the coronavirus. Why can't we all just agree? This is Wretched Radio squabbling, fighting, What are we agreeing on? <laughs> well, there have been some agreements in human history. Far more differences, however, and it is not just social issues, headlines, what's going on on our planet. 
It's in the church. Why don't people see things my way? It would solve so many problems. I hear people complaining about their situations. You could have called me. I hear people that are confused about what's going on in the world. Just send me a text. I can help you out if you would just follow everything I think and everything I believe. We'd all get along swimmingly, but that seems to be the problem. Doesn't it? Forget coronavirus. We seem to be having some disagreements in that territory, don't we? Let's talk about the church, specifically issues like worship. Well, there's a perennial. That's an evergreen battleground, isn't it? We fight over worship, the style of music, the order of worship. So liturgical issues. How much praying do we do? Reading of the Bible. How long is the sermon? What about the architecture of the building that we're in? Hmm? How, how, how's about the design of the foyer or foyer, if it's a really cheap one? I think that's the difference. If it's really nice, it's a foyer. foyer. It's sort of like the yep. difference between a vase and a vase. If it's over a dollar, it's a vase, said Eccentric my grandmother. Eccentric merely weird. That's <laughs> if you're rich, you're eccentric. You're eccentric. If you're not, you're yep. just strange is what you are. How do we perhaps not agree on all issues? That's a different conversation. But how do we at least get along when we don't agree? Might I suggest it begins by at least understanding why we don't agree on everything? Once again, this kills me to say, Ken Ham is right. We find an answer in Genesis. It's the fall. We're, we're, we're broken brain people. Our cognitive functioning, it is kafritz. Our memory, oi, gavilta fish. What? Our memory, our memories are so bad. How bad, How are, bad they? are they? Forget coronavirus. Why can't we all just get along? If you've got a problem, just text me. Just got an issue, give me a call. See, I don't even remember what I said a few seconds ago. That's how bad our memories are. That's why you have to just beat it into your brain and study for exams. It's all an effect of the fall. Our processing unit needs help. It needs rewiring. That is why this is, this is, this is I think, Romans 12, 1 and 2, profoundly helpful, contemporary. So this would be like the message Bible of Romans 12, 1 and 2. What Steve Jobs is to Apple, God is to you. Steve designed Apples to work with Apple software, Apple programming. You don't, they don't work right or at all. God designed you. If your brain isn't operating on his system, the Bible, then it doesn't work right, if at all. We need reprogramming. We need rewiring. We need new downloaded information. And even then... We can come up with differences of opinion on how to handle issues, how we deal with a public story. Uh, there, there's so many big things that happen in evangelical Christianity, the big breaking news stories. And how many differences of opinion do we have on those? They don't stop. And so we tend to get mad at one another, argue with one another, and not have the unity that is praise to God. It's Romans 15, 5 and 6 that we will with one voice glorify God. God is unified. The Trinity doesn't squabble. They don't get annoyed with one another. We're God's image bearers, and when we squabble, we're not acting like him. When we disagree, we are not acting like him. 
And when we don't, we don't glorify him. This is a bigger deal than I think we realize. So let us begin with taking a little self-examination, shall we? The issues before us are things like liturgy, worship style, the architecture of a building. You and I are in the same church, and we've got to go to a meeting, and we've got to make a decision on these things. Inevitably, we're going to have a difference of opinion, and I'm going to go home going, what is the matter with? Why don't they? This is so obvious. And it's obvious to you. What's the difference? Let me ask you to rate this, perhaps on a scale of 1 to 10. I'm going to give you a list of human experiences that you have. And I would like for you to answer these things on a scale of 1 to 10, if we can do it that way numerically. Music. What, what, what type of music do you like? If you like, let's just say, on the, on the one side, it's conte- just contemporary music. That's all you like. That's a, that's a one. A ten is you love classical music. That's your thing. That's Mrs. Friel. I, I, she, goes, she goes like on, a, on a, like a power walk, and she puts her earbuds in and listens to Baroque. That'll get you pumped up. Well, it does. She just digs it. She, that's what she likes. So let's say she's, she's a 10 because it's Baroque. And you, you like Leonard Skinnerd. You're a one. And, and I'm not saying which one is better or worse. Just saying that's the scale. All right, what type of music do you like? Give, give yourself a number. Style of music. What is your vocal range? You're a one because you, you're like me. You've got about three notes in you, and they're really low. Versus, oh, your, your, your vocal range is all over the place. How's about your ability to read music? How's about your ability to just sing intuitively? Are you a one or are you a ten? How's about this question? How do you learn? Is it visually? Is, is it just very cognitive? Just very, just give me boom, ba-da boom, ba-da boom, ba-da boom. Outline this thing for me. Which style of learning do you like? What is your attention span? Are you a gnat like me? Or, you know, I, sometimes I can sit and listen to something and it's like, oh, three hours later, I, I forgot to actually get up and take a walk. My legs have fallen sound asleep. Where are you at? Where is your life at? Is it, is it pretty calm right now? Or is it pretty chaotic? What season of life are you in right now? Are things very new and fresh and exciting? So you're, you're, you're coming into adulthood and so you're, you're exploring and experiencing all these new things. You're contemplating marriage. You get to go, you've got your own credit card. Or are you at the other end of the spectrum where, where life is it's coming to an end pretty soon? Where are you at on a scale of 1 to 10? Do you have children? Let's just say we're using numerical scale for the, for the sake of a point. You've got, you've got no kids, so you're a 1. You, you, you're a homeschool family, so you have 8 to 12. Then you're a 10. All right. So you're giving yourself, on, based on experiences in life, where you're at in life, you're putting it on a numeric scale. Now, how did you score? Add up all of your numbers, and what number did you come up with? So I'm just going to say, based on the, the, this rather arbitrary scoring system, Tony got a 42, Joey is a 64, and I'm 108. Now again, this, this isn't like who's got the highest number. The point is that we've got different numbers. Now, it comes to the floor. Let's talk about 
building this building? What type of building are we going to build? And what type of seating are we going to have? And what type of music are we going to play? And what sort of liturgy are we going to have? And let the games begin. I know what I'd like, and I think it's right. Why? Because I had a score of 108. Tony, he wants something radically different because what was your score, Tony? 42? Is that what you were? Yeah, sure. 42. All right, again, it's not who's got the highest score. It's that they're different scores. It, it's, Tony likes a particular style of music. He's going to push for that. No, I'm not trying to do that. Well, actually, we do. We all have a self-interest in all of these things. And our brains, which are broken, are informed by life experiences and preferences, what we've seen, what we've enjoyed, where we were at when it happened, whether we was a good experience or a bad experience, where we're at with a season in life. Kids, what, what type of music would the kids like? That's what's important to me. I got a bunch of kids. I want to keep these kids coming versus somebody who doesn't have kids and they just love the Baroque. So they want the high music. You got a bunch of kids and they're like, if we've had that kind of music, then the kids aren't going to like it. And that is where the squabbles begin. How, however, do we make them end? That's the important question. Because all of these things are going to be a part of our decision-making process. It is inevitable. And this is why we, do, this is why we get frustrated with one another. You're calling a pastor. You can take all of those aforementioned questions, add a bunch more if you want to, and the reality is you're going to want a different type of pastor than I want because of where you're at, what your experience is, and what your needs are, what your preference is. Is this guy an expositor? Does this guy tell a lot of stories? I need stories. I like stories. You don't even, Maybe you're not even cognizant of it. I just need a lot of stories because I learn by stories. I hate stories. Just give me the facts, ma'am. I'm Jack Webb. Just give me the facts. We're going to want a different kind of pastor. And so it is you and I are going to go to the mattresses on these subjects. And we are going to have battle royals over these subjects unless we learn how to learn why it is that we disagree. We'll do that next. Now, you got to really be crazy not to believe that we are different. That's why the buyer of Christ is. <laughs> you have different functions but the same buy. The problem we have right now is that we got people who are. Claimed to be. Of the buy. But they are not. Of the buy. Now Cleveland you probably you probably want to know. You know why are you talking in this way of trying to explain that these things are going on in the body of Christ. It is because I'm going to tell you something here because it's a lot of people who claim to be Christians and they're not. That's the truth. I know we talked about this last week, but I want to really get into it a little bit more this week because it's something that we need to really come to grips about. And this is where we need to have our foundation scripture here. And that is Matthew chapter 7 verse 15 to 23. King James verse. It says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. Be inwardly they are ravaging wolves. Yea, should 
or sell, know them by their fruit. Keyword is know them by their fruit. Do men gather grapes or th- of thorns or figs or thistles? Even so, every good thee or, or every good tree, I'm sorry, bringing forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringing forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bear forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bear forth good fruit. Every tree that bringing not forth good fruit is hewed down and cast into the fire. This is Jesus talking here. Wherefore, by their fruits, ye shall know them. Jesus is talking here. Remember, people talking about, I want to hear Jesus. Yeah, he's talking. He's been talking for a long time, but we don't adhere to it. But this is what he's saying. Wherefore, by their fruit, you shall know them. That's verse 20. Verse 21. Not everyone that said unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my father, which is in heaven. Mm. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord. Have we not professed in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils. And in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them. I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that works iniquity. I think that this here is of the evil fruit, not of the will of the Father in heaven, are the signs of Christian in name only. The Bible also teaches us how to discern false conversions to Christianity, which are common among celebrities and other public I people and other people that people live up their uh, um their lives to for the world's sake. It's a list of stuff here, but I'm not going to this list here. I'm going to give you some stuff here that literally brings in the pragmatist mindset. Now, Christian in name only is really a it's not a pseudo name. It's actually a real name that people live live by by their fruit. Now, for many, many years before I became a child of God, I used to be a Christian in name only myself. And a lot of people experience this when they really finally realize they need Jesus as their Lord. And when he saved you from from um, from hell. That's when you start to really have a true conversion. But that depends on what. Is it that makes the person truly converted to Christ? Here's where we need to really get into this really, really close because you need to really understand what is coming from. Like this here. If you listen to certain you know, conservative political commentators, you will likely hear the term rhino, R-I-N-O. Usually described a particular kind of politician. If you are unfamiliar with the term, it's an acronym mean Republican in name only. 
these individuals are often criticized by claiming to be Republican, while often side with Democrats, thus giving the Republican Party a whole bad name. Now, here's some uh, other examples here that's really, really true. This is far more about politics here. Like, for instance, about this thing called Christian in name only, which is called C-Nose. It's not the adjective C. Now, you can say C-No as C-I-N-O, but it's actually X-I-N-O. Why? Because it's like you don't, you're not really a true convert of Christ. That's the main reason why the X is signified as a C-Note. A C-Note, not C-Note, but C-Note. And here's the characteristics of what we call Christian name only. This is something that we just we just talk about. It. This we got our foundation scripture that talks about this. Now we're gonna go into it a little bit deeper to really solidify Cenos. Now those who are Christian name only will try to blend in with other Christians at the least when it is convenient or advantageous for them to do so. They will make a claim or make the claim to be Christians, though we know that it is possible to claim the proper name, but in reality, be spiritually dead. Revelation chapter three, verse one. These individuals may assemble with the uh, with the church. They go to church every Sunday. Even keep their Christian friends. They got Christian friends who are really true converts, but their devotion to God is superficial and shallow. What exactly is that caused them to present themselves as Christians, but not fully commit to follow Christ? Here's the problem. is that these Christians are friends of the world. Let's stop here for a second to really examine this. I want you to, this is a questions I always want to know. And I want to really hammer on these questions here. Okay? Like, for instance, if you say you are pro-life, right? But you want to side with environmentalists who want to worship Mother Earth. They say Mother Earth. Or you want to have dogs, but you don't want to adopt children. I mean, if you say you're pro-life, but you don't want to raise children, but you want to raise fur, they call fur babies. Now, I'm not against having a dog or a cat, whatever, or animals. However, it's a problem when you substitute it from life compared to an animal. That's a problem. If you say you're pro-life, why you are for trying to do these things that people of the world are for? Um, this is an example here. We'll ask more questions as we go through this whole study because it's a little bit more detailed to the truth of what's going on here. Let's continue on here. Okay. This is why their spiritual life is largely a show. Deep down, they are more like the world, then they are like of Christ. They love the world and the things of the world. John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 to 16. 
they set their mind on things on of the earth more than the, they do on the things above. Colossians chapter 3 verse 2. They try to serve two masters. Oh my God. How many of us are so guilty of that? You try to serve two masters. You can't do that. They they try. God and material things of this life. They try to serve God and the devil. They try to serve uh, things of the world. They try to serve everything that is contrary to God and still say, I am of God. You can't do that. Even though Jesus said that it's impossible for one to do this, that's in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. James warned, you adulteresses, you adulteresses, do you not know that friends of the world is hostility towards God? Therefore, whatever or whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Well, that's James chapter 4, verse 4. You know, this is exactly what I was doing when I was in my sinful life. I say I was a Christian, go to church every Sunday by obligation, but not willfully and want to. You see, because my fruit was standing out, my wife saw my fruit, but I did not see it. And everybody who said they are a Christian possibly did not see it either. They did not see my fruit. They was looking at the cliches of saying, I am of Christ. You know, it's really amazing because when you start to really look at the pragmatations of this stuff, you start to understand something here with people. You really start to show them that what the Bible is saying about these things. However, they literally try to run away from it. You know, it's when I was in the world of faith belief as a sinner, even the world of faith belief is a problem. Not just that, it is a problem. I digress. Anyway, when I was in there, a lot of people thought I was a brother of Christ. Talk the lingo, make the statements, have saying the use the sayings that everyone say in the church, but not truly converted to Christ. You know, it's really funny. I have a friend who is still in that mess of the world of faith, but I know he's a Christian because Everything about him is about God. But he still believed this thing. Now, what, a lot of people was like, what to do with that, Cleveland? He is really get mis misguided and he got misinformation. This is the main reason why you have to, and repeat, have to pray for people who are truly converted to Christ but need to be ex-converted from that those kind of beliefs that are not of Christ. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Now, now we must choose to follow either God or, or the world. Those who are Christian in name only have chosen to chosen the world while trying to present themselves as ones who have chosen God. Here's another example here. If you say that you are a Democrat, 
Now, I'm not saying Republicans are great. And probably is some people who are Democrats who are Christians. But the platform of the Democratic Republican Party, if you look at them, <laughs> the Democrats have some issues that is anti-God, anti-Christ, church, you name it. They want to kill babies on demand. They want to dis they want to uh destroy everything of God, saying that we need to separate church and state, which that is really entirely another pragmatist mindset to try to take God out of the equation. You took prayers out of school. You you did. I mean, you just did a lot of stuff that takes God out of the equation. And family and everything in between. Why? Because you're you're not part of the kingdom. But that platform is so not. But at least with the Republican Party, they allow you to be Christian and things of that nature. And walk with God and stand by God and go forward with God. That's why you got the media and other places going to call people who believe like that the Christian far right. The media make that up because they know for a fact they want to put labels and classes into people's lives. That's why it's really amazing that you say you are a Christian who has these beliefs that is conservative and you are black, but you want to be pro-black. See, here's the problem I have with that. If you said that you are pro-black, being pro-black means that you will be anti-God. And they say, no, it's not. Yes, it is. Because if you go and look at the foundations of being pro-black or pro-African and pro-African American, which that's a, that is an oxymoron, pro-this and pro-that, you're not thinking about how can you get be pro-Christian? Pro-Bible, pro-Gospel, and pro-God. What's wrong with that? A lot of people said that we, 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 you, know, you get too serious with the, with the word God. How serious do we need, need, need uh, for us need to be? We need to be very serious. This is a serious thing, folks. And God is really want us to be serious about him about these matters. Let's continue on here. Because a lot of times it's really sad that I want to really put it in, in this, this terms here. But this, I want you to read this here. Now, we just just think about this in political terms here. And begin to that those who are Christians in name only reflect poorly on devout faithful Christians. They do. I mean, just like I just said there, they will question why you so hyper focused on these things that the Bible's saying. We live in a new era and God need to come in line with that era. That is but backwards theology. Because God doesn't change. He says that I am God. I change not. He don't change. We do the change because we are marred by sin. Completely. 
So for us to go around the basket into thinking like we should be conscientious into making God do what we want, you are crazy. And <laughs> you are you are crazy to the mats. You cuckoo. You you got to be the dumbest person in the world to believe that if you claim to be of him. Because God don't change. So why do we want God to change the way we want him? That's a problem we have in our society today. Because think about it. If you if you were to use the word to describe the type of person discussed in in, uh, um, about this whole thing The word will be like a hypocrite Ah oh, And Jesus used that so much With the Pharisees The Sadducees and the religious leader of the law Because they were hypocrites They were And This is how some people are today They're hypocrites Let's continue on Hypocrisy is When a person claims to be one thing while demonstrating by their absence that they are something different. The charge of hypocrisy is often used to discredit Christians and the gospel. But this term does not accurately describe faithful Christians. It is for those who claim to be Christians but do not live like Christians. Okay? Now... People probably want to know what defines a Christian. Well, let's look into this a little bit more here. Now, here he is. They are like the Jews who boast in the law while they are breaking the law. Now, Paul told them the name of God is blasphemy among the Gentiles because of you. Romans chapter 2 verses 23 through 24. Now, one who present himself as a Christian, but do not conform his life to the image of Christ is giving our Lord enemies a open to attack the gospel. While also discourage those who need the gospel from listening and respond to it. This is why this stuff is going on in our society uh, in society today. Is because of this statement. And let me read this one more time here. To really put this out there. Because Paul made this declaration here. When he says. The name of God is blasphemy. Among the Gentiles. Because of you. The supposed to be. Right. People of God. Romans chapter 2. Verses 23 through 24. Now, one who presents himself as a Christian. Okay. But do not conform his life to the image of Christ. Is giving our Lord enemies a open to attack. The gospel while also discrediting and discouraging those who need the gospel for listening and respond to it. So I want you to think, what is a Christian? 
it is the person who has conformed his life to Christ means give everything up to God to father God to his son Jesus Christ to give everything up for Jesus to be their Lord in their lives that is a Christian because even the Romans class them as Christians the followers of Christ so the followers of Christ who gave a in, in, gave the and and baptized him in that name is living their lives for him through him and by him that is a christian but this is the problem where we have in our society we got a lot of fake people out here a lot of fake people out here remember Let's go back to Matthew chapter 7 verse 15 to 23. What they look like. They look like sheep. But they are ravaging wolves. And you shall know them about their fruit. Right? You should know them about their fruit. And, th th and see this is really sad because that is a true statement. You should know them about their fruit. But here's the thing that's really really amazing with that. It's this. It's more than just a name. It is. Christian is more than a name. Now, those who attempt to be Christians in name only have missed the point about what it means to be a Christian. The term Christian is more than a name. It's also a description of the one who wears it. The term means Christ-like. I mean, we go, we get deep into this thing here because this is a worldview that I'm putting out here because we, I don't I'm not going to go down the worldviews that we have of the world. I'm talking about the biblical worldview, Christian worldview, God's worldview, because people miss this boat. They try to jump off the the dock. And missed the boat, missed the whole thing, and went into the water, and half of them cannot swim. And they drown into their sin because they're trying to catch the boat on the fact that they are not in it. Here it is. Like I said, the term means Christ like and should describe everyone who wears the name. The term Christian is used three times in the Bible. It was noticed in these passages briefly. We can begin to get a picture about what a Christian should look like. Look at Acts chapter 11 verse 26. And it reads. And when he found them. He brought him to Antioch. And for any. For an, and for an entire year. That meet with the church. And taught considerable numbers. And the disciples were first called. Christus of Antioch. Acts chapter 26 verse 28. Now Agrippa replied to Paul. In short time you will pursue me to become a Christian. And 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 16 says. But if anyone suffers as a Christian. He is not to be ashamed. But 
is to glorify God in this name. Ouch. This is powerful stuff here. This is what Christians are. Christians deal with suffering. Christians deal with name, name by it. They be more persecuted. Now, I'm going to throw this out here. They're really going to um, make people really, really, really look at this thing in a full circle. In our present day right now, Christians are being persecuted. Not in foreign countries, but also in America. What do you mean, Cleveland? What, hold up. Christians are being persecuted in America? Absolutely right. Well, Cleveland, that's not, that don't make sense. This is the land you have free religion. Oh, key word. Freedom to, freedom of religion. You ha have the freedom to have religion. But technically speaking, we are being persecuted in America because we are Christians. Why? Because think about what the Bible is. Think about what the word God is. All of that really explains what a Christian really is. And this is what Christianity is. It's a, it's a, it's a reflection to your sin. We are talking about what Christianity is. And this is exactly what we go through each and every time. This is not cakewalk. This is actually the never road that Christ always talked about for us to walk on. This is where salvation really lies in. There's a lot of people don't even experience that. So we have to understand that this is the biblical persona of what we're supposed to live our lives for. Let's continue on here. Now, there are three lessons we need to, uh, to take from those verses. First, a Christian is a disciple of Christ. Not the, the denomination disciple of Christ. That, the, that denomination in America, disciple of Christ, is not the true disciples of Christ. We talk about that in a later uh, uh, broadcast. But the truth is that is true. Read the, research it. It's almost like Christian name only of what they are. Let's continue on. This requires that one had the willingness to deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow Christ. Luke chapter 9 verse 23. To be a disciple you must present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. Romans 2 12 11. This requires a total complete commitment of one's life. Not just three hours a week to assemble with the church. That's a true statement. And a lot of people get mad because think about what's going on with the coronavirus issue. People are bent out of shape, especially these world faith, prosperity, gospel churches. They are so bent. They want the people to come to church and give to their ministry because this is supposed to be holy ground. Why you have to give, 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 give instead of preach the gospel? It's free. The gospel is nothing to pay to be uh, uh to be paid. It's free. The gospel is a free, loving message from Christ Himself. Why we got to pay to come to church? So basically, church is like an entertainment ground to a elite what social group. 
for people to say that we are in our own ambassador ways of living. This is exactly what the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the religious leader of the law that Christ put on check on them. That they are hypocrites. That's exactly what they were doing. And it's going on even now in churches today. Especially what's going on with this coronavirus issue. I mean, all kinds of worldviews are being exposed. And people are literally are bent out of shape about it. That's true. But look at this here. Second, a Christian is different from the world. Let me repeat that one more time. A Christian is different from the world. Various translations differ when it comes to Agrippa's response to Paul. But they all have something in common. Agrippa acknowledged Paul's attempt to persuade him to become a Christian. Why was persuasion necessary? It is because being a Christian involves more than one decide to claim to be a Christian. One who would be a Christian must not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. That's Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Jesus said we should stand out as the light of the world. How many people don't have that? It's a lot of people don't have that at all. <laughs> and a city set on a hill cannot be hidden Matthew chapter 5 verse 14 and Christians are not to blend in with the world but are to clearly distinct to be distinguishable be very distinct all well out very uh, set apart from the world here's the third reason a Christian will face persecution for his faith we talk about that we talk about that very thing in America now, we are going through that. We are. Because we are, I mean, if you look at the, the social media platforms or publishing houses, that's what I call them. They are so bent when you talk about different things of their community standards. Here's my question to people who are Christians, quote, unquote. I'm saying this because I'm being... We don't know you're a Christian or not, but we're going to say that to really bring some clarity. If you say you are a Christian and you are on the platform trying to broadcast things of God, but you complain when they take your your message down and you going on there complaining to other people like my of you about these issues. How can you don't go outside of these platforms and find something that will get that out to people if you are a Christian? Because Christians, if they are really true, they will follow the gospel. They will follow the Holy Spirit to lead them to find other areas to be able to do what? Proclaim the gospel. But these tech companies are persecuting us left and right. Say anything different, they will try to shadow ban you. They will deplatform you. They will try to put your name on blast, which is called dot singing, to trying to discredit you of who you are as a child of God. But you got people complaining about that. 
it just shake your head sometimes. But look at this here. Paul also affirmed the certainty of this because of Second Timothy chapter three, verse twelve. To what degree we will be persecuted is uncertain, but we are being persecuted now. But we must be prepared for it. A lot of people were not. The coronavirus is a blessing disguised from God because he allowed us to see who we really are. But a lot of people don't even want to hear that because they are caught up in their own worldview and not looking at things biblically in God's eyes. That's the truth now. And that's why we there, we got to make the decision to become a Christian or to continue to live as a Christian. Cannot be made based upon our personal convenience. And it's a lot of us do that. That's why I talk about the people who, who name it, claim it, who are in that kind of world, don't even see the fact that we are being persecuted. They call it the coronavirus a persecution. But if that really is a persecution, then why is so many people want to hear the gospel? And you got people say, well, we you know I, I hear this even from Kenneth Copeland. He even said that we say seven million people what do you mean i thought god saved people not you we got people saved 7.5 million people that number even from my past broadcasts still doesn't make sense it sounds like a the same thing with jehovah witnesses they think that they are part of the 144,000. really Come on, that does they not even Christian. That's a cult. Same day with Mormons. And I could go down the list of other ones, but I digress. But the point I'm saying is you got all these people claim to be Christians. I mean, you it's it's so amazing to really hear this. There would be difficulties and challenges, but some of the people said, No, this is of the devil. Really, if it's really from the devil, why would the devil want to continue on, want to see you blessed? If if this is from the devil, God will allow things to happen to test you. That's what the that's what happened to Job and other examples in the Bible, including our Lord Jesus. But we get caught up. <laughs> We get caught up listening to people lying to the truth. I mean, just lying to the lying to people about God. God don't want to, he not God not worried about what kind of house you live in, how much money you got in the bank, how much of clothes you got, how healthy you are, by his stripes you are healed kind of thing. You know, come on, really. And besides all that, only way God make the choosing of healing you. God will say, if you get these things in my name with persecutions, it doesn't matter. You're going to be persecuted. A lot of people don't believe they should be persecuted. That's not biblical sound doctrine, folks. That's not. You're going to get persecuted no matter what because we live in a marred world and the gospel must be preached to a marred world period but look at this here 
we must prepare to face them rather than to shrink back and compromise when it's convenient to do so. As a lot of people do that nowadays. You know, it's so funny because that almost happened to me when I was a baby Christian. I mean, I literally tried to get back into that world thinking. And man, you talk about suffering and, and going parade with all these things. And try to really heed to the truth on all this. And don't understand what is really going on with everything else. Okay, back I was saying that, you know, you're going to get persecuted. No matter how much you try, how much you try to figure all this out, you will be persecuted. You will. No matter how much you want to try to run away from it. And that's the Bible. That is part of what Christ been telling us to do. That's going to happen. He pre- not only he predicted, he knows it. It happened to him. But look at this here. This is a question I want to ask you. And I'm not trying to be to be mean spirit here. This is are you a Christian in name only? Those who are Christian in name only will often but all not always be able to fool others through their outward displays of righteousness. They mask the corruption and worldliness that is entrenched in their heart. So this is the same challenge that I want you to do that Paul gave to the Christians in Corinth. Test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. Second Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5. I want you to think about that for a second here. Test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5. Examine your life. Are you acting, talking, and thinking like a faithful and devout Christian? Or are you a Christian name only, claiming to follow Christ while being, for all practical purposes, no different than the world? That's a good question. Are you? Because if you are of Christ, right? You would not be trying to prove yourself to be a Christ. You will do the days of Christ. This here should get people to think here. If you say you are of Christ, you will not have to fake it to make it. You will do it and it's going to be part of you because you are embarrassed into the Holy Spirit to lead you to it. The word God will become more than just something to read. It will be more of your life in it. The Holy Spirit will show you your life through the the mirror and the, the things of what the word God is saying about life. Christ will be controlling your life more without you trying to scrimmage him of it. Those are good classes to look at. You got to identify and admit the problem and make changes that 
repentance demands. You should live your life in such a way that you can affirm as Paul did. I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Who loves me and gave himself up for me. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. Why is this important? Because worldviews nowadays are pretty much scrimmages. Okay. They are. You got so many Christians. Like who say they are Christians but they're not. You got people who use contemporary gospel. What can you contemporary the gospel from? Right? You can't contemporary it. You can't. The gospel is what it is. The gospel. You can't change it. You can't mitigate it. You can't do nothing about it. But the gospel is what it is. The gospel. And Jesus Christ was the one who brought the gospel to us. You see... And this is really sad because we need to really look at this whole thing in its whole compass of the truth of what the Bible is saying. And that's why we really look at this thing in its full circle. What is the gospel? A lot of people don't want to understand the gospel. And that's why you have to look and read the word God. I'm talking to people who are believers. The world, the people going to criticize us, no matter how much you try to tell the truth about what God is saying. And this is why we need to really look at this thing full circle here. Now, it's really sad because this is a true statement. It says one in four believers are Christians in name only, according to this survey. I wanted to read this here quickly because this is exactly my premises of this truth here. This is a, a, a non-profit corporation called Change the Face of Christianity Incorporated, dedicated to reverse negative Christianity stereotypes, has released the results of a quiz designed to determine how well Christians live the teachings of Jesus Christ. Through the, que- uh, the quiz, the organization found that one in four self-proclaimed Christians admit that they do not live according to Christ's teachings. The anonymous assessment consists of 10 multiple choice questions that return a score to the particular, uh, 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 I mean, I'm sorry, the participant at the end, which they indicate to their participants if he was far from Christ, a worldly Christian, a good Christian, or a spiritual mature Christian, which would, uh, which would, was the highest rank possible. The response, which was collected over the several-month period from January of 2011, this this article was 2011 to July 2011, indicates that 23% per, uh, of Christians in the pool of over 2,000 questions were classified. As worldly Christians or Christians in name only as defined by R. 
Brad White, the founder of Changing the Face of Christianity Incorporated. Wow. And it he is not lying because that is an absolute truth here. I mean, seriously, he's not. And here's more. When when posed with the real world situation which tests their faith, they tend to do what the rest of the world does instead of living as Jesus instructed. White said about worldly Christians. To be clear, they are bad people. The score of uh, results suggested that they think more much more about themselves than they think about God and other people. Reading the Bible and praying aren't a common practice. These are people that you will probably be surprised to find are Christians if it were for the cross around the neck. These people are in this sweet spot of where we need to do our work. We are here to walk alongside with them, love them, educate them, mentor them, and guide them into living their faith through these words and actions. White said this is the group he organized and particularly eager to help to put them back on the path of righteousness. Now, this is really good. He says, we are currently uh, piloting a revolutionary way of doing Christian small groups that helps Christians live their faith and sign a Christian maturity, he said. Instead of just doing Bible study after Bible study, our small groups platform gets people studying, serving, praying, praising, and enjoying their lives together. It's a really good uh, 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 caveat. And it should be. And we need to really take this test. Because a test like this is a test of who we really are. What we are up against. And what we need to do to really do that. So, it really shows us the it's ten simple questions about it, and these questions should be of where we are as Christians. And this test is really a it's something to really look into when the Bible is really giving us the glimpse of the truth about who we are. This is where we need to really challenge our worldview from. We really do. We need to challenge our worldview and we need to literally, literally look at ourselves as what Christ looked at us. This is not a time for us to wall in our sin and try to say, well, this is not for me. You got to look at it for what he is. Christ is the centerpiece of everything. And we don't take advantage of it. We will lose everything. And that's the truth to be told. So I want to encourage you today to look for Christ. If you don't have Christ, if you are a Christian in name only. 
You need to look at Christ. You need to seek God. You need to look at the Bible for what it's worth. It's worth more than precious jewels, precious stones, precious everything of this world. God's word, God himself is more valuable than all of that because he made that. <laughs> Do you get it? God made the things that you love that you consider to be precious to your own eyes. He made it. And we should consider the fact that our father is really serious about these things. Because if you are a believer. If you don't know Christ as your Lord Savior. If you say you're a believer. I'm not saying you are. If you say you are a believer. You are a Christian name only. Because you don't have Christ living inside you. Because more you try to do Christ. The more likely you're not enthusiastic about Christ. You don't. Act on yourself to walk like Christ. You try to make yourself to appear to be like that as a Christian. But the truth is you're not. And this is really what we need to do. We need to really face the reality. And tell the truth. And allow the Holy Spirit to lead us to truth. Meaning that you got to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord. So he will save you. Once he does that, those things that I just said will be the instrument of what God wants us to be. So, I'm just here to, to affirm of what God calls us to be, to be able to lead us to the truth that we are called. And for us to really stand behind that, we have to resonate into the truth that we are his. So, my time is up. And I want to thank each and every one to be part of the Biblical Editorial Review and the Safe Wretch Television Broadcast. I am so blessed beyond measure of what God is doing through us. And we as the body of Christ need to be very, very aware that God is in control, not us. He is. So we need to really, really resonate in him, trust him and not only just trust him really walk with him because he knows more and we know for fact our father will take us to levels that we never know for us to be in or for us to for us to glorify his name so i want to thank everyone for this broadcast i will definitely see you next week and we will go from there thank god god bless Portions of our broadcast day made possible by Internet Media Providers, makers of Crosslink. With Crosslink, you can view any Christian television station in the world using Crosslink. For more information, look for the link to Internet Media Providers on this website or app, or visit us directly at www.internetmediaproviders.com. Thank you for listening to the Biblical Editorial Review. We hope this broadcast has challenged you to see this world from God's perspective. Tune in next time for another Biblical Editorial Review.
The Biblical Editorial Review with Cleveland Rhodes is copyrighted by the Resilient Christian Radio Network.